This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash startalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash startalk today. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. I'm your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson, your personal astrophysicist, and this is Star Talk. This is a Cosmic Queries edition of yes. Star Talk. Yes, it is. And in this Cosmic Queries, we're going to be talking about the science of war. Yeah, man. Ooh, science of humans at war. Yeah, and I have to tell you, man, uh, people are obsessed with this subject. I, I, I don't understand how, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I, I have never received the uh, breadth of queries. Because oh, you solicited questions on this topic yes. already. Yes, we have okay. solicited questions from all over the internet. I was told this morning that this would be the topic, but you've been scheming <laughs> all week on all this. All week long, we've been receiving <laughs> questions, and I have to tell you that people are very passionate about it, and they're, uh, you know, they're doing a lot of deep thinking, you know? Okay. Some of the questions, I'm like, you were clearly high when you wrote that question. <laughs> right. You had to be high to write that question. Because <laughs> I, 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 I don't have any, I mean, why? Well, you don't get to see the questions. Plus, that's true. But though I be a scientist, I have no particular expertise in this topic. Right. Okay, so I figured, okay, then they plunked a book down in front of me called Grunt, The Curious Science of Humans at War. Mm. So I said, damn, I got to read this book like in the next hour. But then they told me, no, Mary Roach, the author of the book, yes. is here with us. Yes. From Oakland, California. Mary Roach, yes. yes. Thank you, Mary. This is not your first time on Star Talk. No, no. It's like your no, fourth no. time or something. I think we, yeah, uh, the fourth, yeah. Yeah, you got like the coolest book. 
star talky in books we could ever find. So great, great to have you on here. So basically, these questions are going to be for Mary. Yeah, for the, I'll, 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 have, I'll be Mary's sidecar on this. Right. I could back her up with some physics if we need it. Right. But this is her book. Yeah, for the most part, this is uh, this is what people. And want Mary, to... I'm not going to lie to you and say, oh, I read this book and it's, uh, I haven't read it yet. I just saw it like this minute. Oh, no problem. Every other talk show host is lying to you when they said they read your book. Oh, I know. You, no. you know this. I know. Okay. I haven't read it either. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I, have, I don't remember what's in it. I wrote it a long time ago. Right. We'll see what these. We'll see what the people say. And listen, you know, like I said, some of the questions are out there. But just you before know. you go in, oh, go ahead. Just, just an overview. Yeah. What is this subject? Okay, so this is military science, but specifically, n- not the weapons and the bombs and the right. strategy, which I, you may have a lot of questions there about that. When I will turn those all over to you. Okay. So this is the human. Right. The human, the human condition. Condi- yeah, it's extreme heat right. and loud noise and right. fear and panic right. and flies and diarrhea and all of the things that people don't necessarily think about but the military thinks about because it knocks soldiers out of commission and anyway so yeah that kind of so it's, it's all in here so this this is like your this was your next project after all these other completely far-flung places you have been in yeah. your book portfolio yeah you'd think i would take a body of knowledge that i've worked on and build upon that so that i but don't know no, no. Yeah. i gotta start all over again start all over. knowing nothing all right so let's yeah. try this okay yeah wait, 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 wait still before okay what is the most weirdest scientific thing you can share with us about military grunts. Okay, here's okay. Here's just just, just, just start the soil out, here first. The book starts out with the chicken gun, and I love the chicken. The chicken be- gun because I like to say the word chicken whenever possible. Right, chicken gun. I think I know the chicken gun story. Chicken Do gun. you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have never. I don't have think I'm familiar with the chicken gun. Yeah, it's, you're, you're testing the 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 canopy mm-hmm. of airplanes of yeah. fighter pilots. Okay. Right. So, okay. The you're, chicken is a stand-in for your turkey vulture, your Canada goose, your starling, whatever it is. It's kind of a worst-case scenario because the chicken, it's, a, it's kind of an odd choice because it doesn't, chicken doesn't actually fly. fly. Don't fly. Don't you're fly. not going to, no matter how long you're a pilot, you are never, never going to actually hit a chicken. Hit but a chicken. it's a bird and it's yeah. readily variable at your grocer's. It's <laughs> consistent. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you, you take a frozen chicken, you thaw it out, you load the chicken gun and you fire it at the... The canopy. Right. Yeah. So at the same speed that the plane would otherwise encounter it flying well, through I'm the air. Right. right. But it was, it, there were a lot of thought went into this because there's also, because they're, they're like, well, I, the chicken, this will be, a, it's, it's very dense. It's a big, heavy thing. That'll be great. But in fact, there's something called, pause for drama, the feathered bullet phenomenon. Which the is feathered bullet, bullet phenomenon. phenomenon. Tiny little bird, you know, starling right. maybe, you know, right. hits the windshield, appears just like a bullet right into the pilot so gotcha yeah so you know you think you have it figured out yeah we'll use a chicken and then there's then and then all of a sudden a tiny bird comes through and shoots you in the head well wait gotcha. because the bird uh pears a tinier hole and yeah, yeah it's a different kind of impact exactly. basically it's, that was not previously it's a more considered. focused it's closer to a bullet okay so to test this they should just shoot bullets at the- <laughs> <laughs> they, they could do that chickens you sit here right. and let's see right. if the bullet hits you yeah. <laughs> the canopy. ready or, right. go or find a finch that's packing <laughs> <laughs> have a, yeah have a bird fire a gun right exactly now, just four days ago, I was at Edwards Air Force Base, and I saw the canopy of the F-22 fighter, and it was large and beautiful. It was completely transparent. Mm-hmm. And what the pilots were telling me is that now it's not just a canopy to their side and to their front. It is completely around them. And so they have 
full, high-quality yeah. visual confirmation of anything that's around them. Right. And I said, shouldn't you be flying with instruments rather than relying on your own damn eyes? Yeah, that's normally the pilot's way. Oh, okay. Rely no. on instruments. <laughs> that's what I, no, if you're a fighter pilot, that's what I thought. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyhow, let's get to... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So that's so a anyway, good, interesting example. Chicken, yeah, the chicken, the chicken gun. The chicken, chicken gun. The, the problem I found out is that when birds, birds and planes take off into the wind... So the birds are like, oh, la, 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 you know, heading along. They're not looking behind, so they 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 don't have a visual awareness to get out of the way. So that was a that's a problem. They're not looking at what's coming at them, right? Yeah, the right. plane's coming up from behind. But for me, that's one of the uh, one of the most beautiful metaphors. Do tell. It's in life. Mm-hmm. Here we go. When the wind is against you, right? Remember, that is exactly the condition. To take planes, flight. take flight. Wow, and that's a be- that is a beautiful metaphor, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mine is when and the wind Canada is. Geese. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sticking with the airplane here. Right, exactly. Why do you ruin my metaphor? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I said chicken. <laughs> and I chose the more lovely Canada goose. Yeah, so the yeah the plane wants the highest speed it can be relative to the air. It's not about the ground. Right. It's about the air. So you take off into the moving air, then mm-hmm. uh, you can take off at a lower ground speed because your airspeed's higher. That's all. Gotcha. That's going and the on. birds figured that out too. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. intelligent. So let's do this. Chuck, you solicited yeah. questions okay. on this topic. And we have them. And our first question is a Patreon patrons question, which of course, if you, uh, if you actually support us on Patreon, then uh, we will uh, put your question to the top of the queue. And is that right? Precedent. Yes, as a matter of fact. They're uh, actually buying their way to the top of the thing? I, I can think of no better way to get people to participate. Okay. Uh, or to get votes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Buy the votes. Okay. Uh, but, uh, right. what's, your, all right, what's your first question? So, uh, this is from Jeff Prime, who is a Patreon patron. And Jeff wants to know this from Omaha, Nebraska. My unit. And I were deployed in Iraq from 2007 to 2008. I personally have known several men from my unit that suffer from PTSD, while other members do not. With all other variables being equal, is there a biological reason why some soldiers handle war differently in a mental capacity that helps explain why some soldiers suffer PTSD, while others do not. Good one, Mary. What That's you a got? very good, good question. One. Very yes, good question. Yes, and I do not know the answer. Cool. Yes. Okay. There right. you have it. There. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. And moving on. <laughs> I no, I'm say, joking. <laughs> I can reflect on this fact. There's probably, uh, there's probably a reason. Yeah. I, I, I would think that if we knew that uh, definitively, then we would be able to delineate why that is and then look for a cure right. to PTSD. No, what you, or, or. or Keep those, oh, keep those people out, out, out of, of right, combat. Right, which is what one of the things in the book was uh, they were looking at heat injuries, and there's a huge individual variation in who can acclimate to extreme heat, mm-hmm. like who can feel like start sweating heavy and sooner, mm-hmm. and there's like, like, I can deal with this, and other people can't, and they get right. heat stroke, and they sometimes die. I'm pretty They're good in a wide like, range of temperatures. Yeah. And what I found is, oh, could you put on the heat? Oh, could you put on the heat? And I'm just kind of ch- yeah, well, chilling with the c- cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just... You're uh, self-regulating. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. I, I, it's not that I don't feel hot or feel cold. It's that I'm okay with it. No, you have a... Uh, See, that's uh, probably psychological. You just roll yeah. with everything. Maybe it is say, psychological it is. rather yeah. than physiological. I, in either case, right. you still want to know who's susceptible to PTSD right. and who isn't. Right. 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 And of course, there's that very famous scene, I know, only know it from the film, I, I assume it was true, with Patton 
uh, walks into a uh, infirmary. An infirmary. Yes. And there's these wounded soldiers yeah. there, bandaged, and there's one yes. soldier who has no wounds at all. He's there in tears at the edge of he the has bed. What they called back then shell shock. Yeah, there was yeah. shell shock. And then combat fatigue. And then and, it was combat fatigue. And, and now right. it's PTSD. And now right. PTSD. Not when it wasn't enough syllables. You got to. <laughs> it becomes yeah. more real when you have more exactly. syllables. Give People us an fi finally Give pay us attention an to it. Yeah. <laughs> so so he slapped. He bitch slapped. Yeah, he did the soldier, and th this made it to the press that he had no sort of compassion. No compassion. Yeah, it was or empathy for mm -hmm. the empathy young man. for the yeah. And he right. was saying he didn't bother him apparently, so he figured everybody else should. I guess it was a day when psychological injury was right. not viewed as the same as physical injury, whereas right. today right. so often. Uh, right. This is how we do. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, what else you got? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it remains a great question without an answer available uh, from this table. Well, okay. <laughs> you know, I don't have an answer. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay. Uh, now this one is really for Neil, uh, Mary, uh, and I'm reading it, Neil, because I'm not sure what this guy's talking about. Okay. Okay. Uh, and this is from Nick. Whew. Sazfransky. Sazfransky. Do you think that's right? Sazfransky. Sazfransky. Look, if you start pronouncing Fransky. names correctly, then we won't know what to do with you. <laughs> Pronounce it however you want, and that's your thing now. That's my thing. I don't. Could be Zafransky. I don't yeah. know. Zafransky, right? Zafransky. Okay, here we go. I don't know. Uh, this is what he says. I'm a young sci-fi uh, uh, writer and fantasy. I'm currently working on a hard science fiction book. My question is, how much do we understand? Here's the thing, Neil. Exotic particles. What, if any, effect they do have on the human body? And, and then he says, if you could put a blurb about my book, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, so I don't think I'm going to do the blurb about the book. but Well, I think I have a way to, to link this back to Mary. But we, we have the portfolio of particles that exist, that right. have been measured. They right. have names, they have masses, they have you know energies in different states and this sort of thing, and half-lives. And so some particles just go straight through you, like neutrinos. Right. Billions go through you every square centimeter every second from the sun and they do nothing to us they don't interact what matters is if they interact with you that's the difference okay and if they interact they could do damage and so so this is a so if you want to weaponize a particle you would make some kind of device that you know contains particles that will interact with your body in some way, mm. mess with your DNA, mm. mess with your skin, mess with whatever, and then that becomes a weaponized ray gun, basically. So you make the particles a delivery system for some type of debilitation. Correct, correct. Now we do this for for electromagnetic energy. So there's a uh, there's a movable microwave device, which is an it's a non-lethal anti-personnel weapon right it's non-lethal so if there's a crowd of people you drive up this truck you aim this antenna at the people and it's like you just put them all in a microwave oven now do you first get them to hold a burrito <laughs> so they can eat it on the way so and you got to take the wrapper off <laughs> exactly so so what happens is their skin starts feeling hot and they and they want to go out of the beam so they scatter they scatter they right. scatter so right. this how you can decentralize what might be a mob that that's that's coming um is there any discussion in the military about um, weapons, the effect of weapons on people that are not just guns, your traditional? Well, there was, uh, not in this book, but one of my previous books, there was uh, infrasound, 
Mm. I don't know which book this was even about. They were there was this. She's got so many books. You don't I remember which remember. book that was in that she wrote. That's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's badass actually. That yeah, is, yeah. Badass. <laughs> and some book that I wrote somewhere. I, I, I believe I said. <laughs> so what you can all you all do is like buy them all. You buy them all. Lay them out. She's the point to it. And you let me you let me know. That's it. You buy them all. Exactly. So yeah, but infrasound. There was this talk about that they that the military was looking for uh, uh, non-lethal weapon. I think it was supposedly it would. Uh, infra, oh, no, it was, yeah, it was, it was infrasound and you know, it was like long, slow, wave, low frequency low waves. Frequency and that it would, you, it would res, have the same resonant frequency as some of the internal organs. So you, it would create fear, nausea, right. uh, terror. Uh, but yeah, it never. This is like in in, in never, Jurassic never Park. Never went anywhere. T Rex. Yeah. Like the, the, the liquid right, in the... the yeah. Right, and you yeah. see the uh, the vibration in the right. liquid in the glass. <laughs> right, right, right. That type of deal. Yeah, like yeah. they were going to like, they would launch a ball of infrared. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I could never find That'd it. That'd be a knob. There'd be T-Rex would be one of the settings. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. By the way, the military doesn't have to look for that. We already have it. It's called One Direction. Yeah. <laughs> They're a boy band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was some concern about uh, uh, NASA had concerns about because the, the engines were putting in a launch, they would be putting out tremendous amounts of infrasound, and they were afraid they were going to deliver jelly to the moon. That it would even it was so, that intense. But I think as it turned out, it wasn't. But in fact, they do have what they call a sound abatement system, and before every launch, in the seconds before they ignite the engine, you see this basically a swimming pool's worth of water dumped onto Whoa. the launch pad. And the water absorbs the acoustic reverberations. That's right. Uh, they were worried that the acoustic reverberations would just completely tear apart yeah. the entire bottom half of the rocket. Right, like the the, the, the singer with the glass breaking shadow. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah. Except now, so what they do is they put in the water. That absorbs the energy, right. and that way the energy doesn't hit the rocket again. So next time, watch very closely every single launch. And they're big tanks yeah. surrounding launch pads. They're water tanks. Bada bing! And then the vibrations hit, it vaporizes the water. Oh. So some of the smoke you see coming out oh. is is steam, basically. That's cool. Vaporized by the energy, the acoustic energy of vibration. That's amazing. amazing. Give me one amazing. more question. Amazing. By the way, uh, that is the exact um, sound that it makes when the water is dumped. Bada bing. Bada bing. <laughs> awesome. It's ba awesome. Bada bing. Three words. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, Give it to us, Chuck. Okay, here's a, here's a quick one, since we are, don't have a lot of time. Uh, tech Advancement Through Wars from Maddie Stark uh, on Facebook says this. How do you feel about the idea that war is necessary for technological advancement? Ooh, let me, let me, let me cast that in a grunt question, okay? Okay. So how much have we, how much has war advanced medicine? A lot, in terms of... Um combat trauma i mean did, did stuff like all right you get somebody whose artery is cut and they've got about two minutes so you know get it in terms of two getting minutes before they're dead before they bleed out mm -hmm. and they're dead and like two minutes to uh stabilize get stop the bleeding stabilize them and get them somewhere they've gotten really good at that so emergency care um that's been huge and of course the whole concept of triage yeah is a war-based yeah, yeah. war-based exactly. thing and also things you wouldn't necessarily think about uh there was a, a navy guy captain phillips not that other captain phillips gotcha but who came uh uh, came up with this um, discovery that if you, you know, if someone's got extreme diarrhea, like cholera, where you're like losing five gallons of liquid, mm. he even he invented this thing, the cholera cot. It's a cot with a hole in a bucket. You're just, you're, and it, you're, you're, you're going to die quickly because you're, 
just um, right. Just, leaking. Right. You're leaking. Please. But so what has he so, invented? So the bucket? Had, what, what, that's not an invention. Thing, well, the cholera <laughs> cot was one invention, but not the important one. The important one was if you add glucose to the rehydration fluids, mm-hmm. it, it enhances absorption of the fluids and the salt. So now you can drink them rather than hook up an IV. So in a third world country where somebody, right. uh, mm. they don't have to make their way to a clinic and get hooked up to an IV. They can actually drink this stuff and it's saved, you know, millions of lives. Because so, it's still like two, you know, two some million people die. So here's, here's yeah, a morbid yeah. question. You ready? I'm ready. I'm always ready. Have more people, have more lives been saved by the medical advances from war than lives that have been lost from the waging of war itself? Wow. Interesting. Well, they, you know, okay, well, here's a figure for you. (laughs) This war is good for you people. I know. We have to kill you in order to save you. You're listening to Star Talk. Stay tuned for another segment. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any of you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. Hey, remember when we did that show about the science of the golf swing? Well, let's take that to the next level. And that's because PXG has developed the Black Ops driver so golfers don't have to sacrifice distance for forgiveness. And the science proves it. PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering, unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. Now that's ridiculously high. The higher the MOI, the more forgiving the club will play. So you don't have to square the ball perfectly for it to go straight and get distance. Add PXG's new advanced material face technology 
and you get incredible ball speed that pushes the distance to the absolute limits. More forgiveness, more distance, no sacrifices. PXG Black Ops Driver. Hit your tee shot straighter and farther. The proof is in the science. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment. Go to pxg.com slash startalk and use code startalk at checkout. That's pxg.com slash startalk. Use code startalk for free shipping on all equipment. pxg.com slash startalk, code startalk. Welcome back to Star Talk. Here's more of this week's episode. I left you with a question yes. just before the end. Yeah. I just wanted to know, given, given how many lives have been saved by medical advances from innovations during war, right. Right. could one make the case, the morbid case, that the number of people who have died at war is less than the number of lives who have been saved by the medical advances derived from it? Probably just from the, 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 the dysentery and diarrhea statistics alone. I mean, you're talking, okay, so 2.5 million people a year still. The WHO, that's the figure for deaths. The World Health Organization. Yes, still, to this day. Yes. Two and a uh, half million uh, people die from dehydration, from diarrhea, diarrhea. A lot of them cholera children, or some other. In, yeah, in developing nations. So right. that's a huge. Two and a half million a year. Two and a half million, yeah. From, yeah, uh, from, yeah exactly. Okay, so, so uh, 50 million people died in the Second World War. It was the last number I checked. So 25 years of that, right. that's just the diarrhea right. alone. Right. Plus but but they are dying. We didn't stop them from dying. So I want to know if lives have been saved. Not well, well, no, but she's saying that just the, the advancements that we've made uh, to combat that uh, may, may have saved uh, uh, a significant number of lives. Whether or not it right, balances, but, we don't know. But right, but my statistic that you know the, those they're still dying. They're still dying. Oh, so what you're saying that like, number could have been much larger. Much right, much larger. Right, right, yeah. right, if fine. that's the number they're still. Yeah. That's the number they're still dying. It would have been huger, right, right, right. Hu huge, huge, huge. It would have been huge, huge. Right, right. right. <laughs> Just like my hair, huge. Okay. Huge, huge. Yeah. Oh man, not like my hands. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. But the no, you know what? Some, I, I recently saw a statistic on the uh, uh, the number of deaths from car crashes versus the no, like every year that there's been a military conflict, the number of deaths just from car crashes dwarfs the number from killed in whatever the war that's going on. Okay, not not the Second World War, but surely since no, then. No, right. no, since then. Yeah, we lose we lose hundred hundred yeah, people a day. And now, are they that's only not, are they not, only accounting American deaths, or are they counting the number of people? Because we tend to kill a lot more people. Yeah, than, exactly. Yeah, than, that's true. Right. That's true. But I can tell you, it's hundred people a day on the roads. And at the peak uh, of the Vietnam War, we were losing hundred servicemen a week. So it's basically a factor of seven higher wow. in yeah. cars than in military, right. not not the First World War. I mean, not the Second World War. But here's something I tweeted recently, that Second World War, you do the, you run the math. Mm -hmm. uh, we were losing 1,000 humans per hour. Wow. 1,000 wow. per hour died at the hands of another human being during the six years of the Second World War. Mm, wow. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, that's However, insane. the Mexican-American War, seven to one ratio... Uh, disease to combat injury, L oh. dysentery, diarrhea, malaria, seven to to one. Of course, so you think Mexico and diarrhea, they're always going to be linked. Wow. Why, uh, yeah, I know. So Poor true. Mexico, even back then. Even back so, then. Don't drink the water back then. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was that quote, William Osler, dysentery has been more fatal to soldiers than powder or shot. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. That's even as good as your... 
chicken metaphor that you <laughs> let loose earlier. It was not. I'm not. <laughs> All right, Chuck, what else you got? Here we go. Let's move on. This seems to be a big theme that people want to know about. And uh, this is is from uh, Heron Filth. Okay? That's the name. Uh, That's how you're pronouncing the name, but go on. (laughs) No, no, no. F-I-L-T-H. Let me have fun with how you can't pronounce stuff. Okay. All right, go on. Uh, Maybe you just wrote it. Maybe that way wrote it it that way to to mess with me. All right. Uh, Here we go. Hi, Neil. Really love the show. Keep it up. My question is, in recent films such as Civil War, we're talking about Marvel Comics Civil War, mm-hmm. we see genetically advanced soldiers like Bucky, who is a character, uh, Captain America's friend. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm translating as he asked the question. And uh, the Winter Soldiers, uh, uh, also part of the uh, uh, genetically modified soldiers, uh, could super soldiers eventually become a reality? If so, what are the biological implications of doing such a thing? Greetings. From Mexico City. Whoa! <laughs> yes. This is a show for you. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so Mary. I'm go to Mexico City. It's supposed to be great. Uh, so, Mary, are there studies of. Uh, have there been attempts to modify the human physiology in war? I saw this amazing paper, uh, uh, DARPA. You know, DARPA. Mm-hmm. DARPA is the way outside the box. Mm-hmm. Defense Advanced Research Project yes, Agency. Yes, yes. It was a paper. Uh, it was speculation. It was not projects that are underway, but they were listing like. One of the whole points of DARPA is to have highly speculative research yeah. that could break open a whole new field of, uh, of military might. That's so cool. Okay. This was in particular modifications to the human body. What could we do? And inspiration from the animal. Kingdom. So they were lo- they were looking at uh, unis- unihemispheric sleep, which you have in marine mammals and in some geese and ducks. Mm, and right. Sleep one eye open. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they funded some research. So some basic research into you know, marine biologists and mm-hmm. uh, bird people. Ornithologists would be the, I guess the word. The word yeah, like I call here. them bird people. Looking, yeah. okay. <laughs> looking. Look bug people. I call them bug people. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bug people have probably been doing some work too. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, fun, just looking into, like, how does this work? And mm-hmm. could we foster this and somehow make our soldiers able to sleep? Yeah, because sleep deprivation is huge. Yeah, and it affects much. your performance, your military performance. So if there were a way to sleep with one half of the brain and keep the other eye open to make sure nobody's sneaking up. Then you swap it. brain halves. Then, right. Yeah. Presumably both halves need. Like sharks. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, so it was that. There was an, it was an amazing list. There were things like, you know, the human llamas or, or could, you know, could you, you know, somehow have more hemoglobin for, for mountain warfare? Could you make somebody able to, you know, kind of Sherpa-ize them quickly to be able to, you know, to, to function better at high altitudes? I do remember... Um, Surgically installed gills was on the list. Mm. Wow. Okay. Now yeah. see, that's to be like Waterworld right there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Waterworld. Mm. Does right. Kevin Costner know about this? <laughs> that's right. We're going to work on We're going to try him when out he, first. When, you, when he came around his neck and you saw the gills yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so uh, here's my take on that. Not that anybody asked, but I'll tell you my take. In the early days of space exploration, there was all this talk about modifying the human physiology to accommodate the stress and strain on our body in space. Mm -hmm. And in almost every case, they came up with an engineering solution to the problem rather than a biological one. 
where it therefore was not invasive to the human body. They would talk about, is there some pill you can take where the brain would not require as much oxygen when you do a high G turn out from a, you know, from a, a, a as a fighter pilot might when they're, when they're turning around. And, and, and that way your brain wouldn't need as much oxygen and still, and then the engineers just developed these, these suits. Right, right where they just where they squeeze, squeeze your leg. Squeeze your leg, blood ain't got no way to go. Right, yeah, yeah. right. So, so, yeah. so many of these are injured. How about a, one where you don't feel nauseous and feel nausea in zero G, or you can just spin up the space station and create one G. So, so my, my, yeah. oh, you, we, do you want to make bulletproof skin or just make Kevlar bullet and wear a bulletproof yeah. vest? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I want the bulletproof skin. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm, you're just saying, I'm just going to go on record and say the bulletproof skin <laughs> is what I would go for. So I'm, I, I'm more Tony Stark on this. Give me the, give me either suit, give me the power, the, the money and the brains and we'll make, we'll make anything we need. Okay. I will be able to fly. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's cool. No. All right. What else you got? All right, here we go. Um, Johnny Glasgow from Facebook says, Hi, Neil. It would be Facebook, our followers on Facebook. Our followers on Facebook. Facebook headquarters. Right, right, exactly. Right. He's not actually having coffee with Zuckerberg (laughs) right now. Um, uh, He says, uh, Hi, Neil. Hi, Mary. Uh, What scientific advances made during wartime have the biggest positive effect on our civilian lives today? Hmm. I'm going to have to go with the medical stuff. The medical stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The stuff we were talking about the earlier. Stuff we were talking about earlier. That yeah. is that yeah. is the most positive effect. Positive effect. Yeah. Right. right. I mean, I guess you could talk about, I mean, if you could like taking forward the whole notion of drones completely taking humans out of the equation, but that's, you know, it's got other issues, but. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole episode on Star Trek. Mm. Uh, that was indeed yeah. where they fought the war through Completely. mathematical calculations. Right. And then people reported to a chamber uh, for, for of execution because the calculation showed that you would have been killed. You would have been that. killed in the, in right. the they battle. They just walked in and right. they took him out. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that, which is that. Captain Kirk said, no, you can't do that way. Right. <laughs> that is not war. <laughs> war is ugly and bloody. Spock said, actually, though, statistically, <laughs> I can see the merit to this particular approach. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, well, that's cool. Yeah, that, so definitely the the medical advancements. Is. That's what comes to mind in terms of a positive, yeah, positive. Okay, I would say, I now, are there any technological say, advancements? I would say one thing. Go ahead. The V-2 rocket was the very first intercontinental ballistic missile, which became the foundation of our entire space arsenal. Yeah. Ah. So everything that we know and love about space, including where you get your 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 weather maps from from the Weather Channel, you get people say, "I don't want going to. I don't. What do I need space for? I have my GPS and the Weather Channel. That's all I need." <laughs> <laughs> that's like get your get your government hands off my Medicare. <laughs> that's, right, exactly. that's what that yeah. statement that's is. Exactly, exactly statement. what that is. So I would yeah, say, yeah, but no, no, not yeah, not. I mean, anything that's miniaturized, fire. Oh yeah, the entire miniaturized, lightweight. Well, well, that was that was NASA, not NASA, war. I know. That was, well, no. I mean, there's probably a, I, yeah, I, I, there's probably yeah, war didn't have to miniaturize the way NASA did. No, no, no. You have to launch it for you know. Well, then every again, ounce cost you money. There's a war thing right, though. Right. The first oh, it's ten thousand dollars a pound to orbit. Oh God. So if you got a little extra gut. Yeah, well, yeah, I ain't flying that in right. space. You, go, you go get back on a treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> so how about this? Um, I believe the first computers were used to uh, yes. calculate the trajectory Ballistics. of uh, mortar shells. That is, that is 
Is that correct? True. That is true. Okay. Yes. Yep. So, yep. And now we have computers. Right. I mean, we know what they do now. Yeah. Yeah. So, in fact, the military led the development of supercomputing. Yes. That's right. That's right. Nowadays, it's commercially driven because the demand is there. But in the, in the day. Yeah. Back in the day. Right. There you go. All, all right. right. All right. Well, not bad. Not bad at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. What else you got? Here we go. This is from Christian Prisblick. Prisblick. Okay, here you go, Mary. Take a look. <laughs> now at they're it. just messing with you, Chuck. Look at they're it. just messing with I you. Now, Christian, right? We're the Joe Smiths out there. Prisblick? Prisblick. Next time, Prisblick. can a Joe Prisblick. Smith please Prisblick. ask Chuck a question? I <laughs> know. Where's Joe Smith when I need him? Okay, Christian Prisblick from Twitter uh, says this. Uh, do vets of armed combat face a disproportionate number of chronic health issues, and does race play a role, or and, or as well as class? So, class and race do they play a role in, in the uh, chronic health issues that vets face? And do vets face more chronic health issues than anyone else by virtue of being a vet? I would, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there's a tremendous amount. I mean, just like just starting with hearing the number one VA expense, hearing loss. Really? Come away with yeah. I mean, it's not just it is not just rifle and bombs going off and rifle fire. It's steady state noise. Like you're in a, a Black Hawk helicopter, right. which is like 106 decibels, and you're in for And so they, and then they have hearing protection. Chuck's they, imitating a helicopter. Do you like that? Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Can you do a uh, an M16? Uh, uh, well, M16 is a little bit more staccato, so is M16, the rifle. Sounds yeah. like a duck. Yeah, yeah I, uh, I do. I'm no, that, good... But then there's the Huey from Vietnam. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like a, it was yeah, a. That's... It was a. It had a pulse. It was a pulsing, pulsing sound. So you're saying the yeah. consistent. The, oh, right. Because the persistently being persistently bathed in high decibel sound, just even beyond that, just whether yeah. you were near an explosion. Right. And and the other problem is that when the uh, when the noise. See, when things go kinetic, when there's fire, you know, when there's like, you, there's no warning. You don't have time to go, oh, roll down my foam earplug and pull my <laughs> outer ear back and put right. that, you know, you, there's just not time. And they're not going to wear that stuff all the time because you lose your situational awareness. You can't hear somebody shouting, get down, hurt somebody over there. So they... Uh, They've tried to do yes. that in some movies. Well, they have, yeah, they have, they, special operations says it's really cool. You, bionic hearing, it's so cool. It's a headset and it... Uh, attenuates the loud noises. Yeah, so it changes and, the, the right. The range. So the loud stuff gets quieter, and the quiet stuff, stuff is amplified. Louder. So right. you're like the bionic. I was it's like did it so you could hear across the room. Yeah, that was no, that was the eye. What you're doing? Oh, was that the eye? That was the eye. That was the ear. That was the ear. Okay, I think you're right. Yeah, you know, Tammy Summers had the ear. She had the ear. Now she's selling mattresses. Late night TV. Can you so, hear me now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay, so that's interesting. So these, so, so. Anyway, yeah, but that's just, that's the biggest one. But then, um, yeah, uh, you got a kind of like traumatic brain injury and you got, yes. and, plus, and orth- orthopedic stuff. I mean, if you're in a vehicle that is designed to withstand an IED going off, I mean, you'll survive, you, you survive, but you, 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 you like the, the bottom of it would come up and slam into the right. foot and the pelvis and the spine. Speaking of that. Kinds of, uh, just wear and tear on your body, even if you're not. Blown up. So speaking of that, and this question is from... So these uh, are veterans that have been in combat, right? Yes. Uh, Just... 
yes. veterans, generic veteran. Right, right. Because right. right. most veterans have not been in combat. Uh, right. So, oh, so yeah. do they have more? Well, I, uh, I don't know. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. We but presume it's combat veterans. Well, we, yeah, we would have to assume yeah. because, I mean, I mean uh, I'm going to say carpal tunnel doesn't count. <laughs> I've been sitting at this desk filling out these reports for weeks. <laughs> My wrists are killing me. Actually, uh, I have this book called Dear, Dear America, which is a collection of letters home from Vietnam. Right. That was collected before they made a Vietnam memorial here in lower Manhattan. And so on the memorial are, are, these, are subsets of these letters. Wow. The book is all of them. That's cool. And, and just to your point, Mary, these are letters from all manner of servicemen serving in Vietnam. And there's some talking about like their friends getting blown up in front of them and, right. and, and wading through the muck and mire and the mosquitoes. Right. And then there's another letter of someone who's in, a, in, a, in an office right. in Vietnam saying... I can't, you know, I don't want to laugh, but it's so hot in here. It's almost 94 degrees and the fan doesn't work. I, th these working conditions are unbearable. Unbe it's like, do you have any idea what's going on exactly. <laughs> around you around you right yeah. my typewriter Six. keys are sticking <laughs> yeah. the humidity like, so i think Horrible. it's your, your biggest problem is your biggest problem that's right. really what that is yeah, yeah. whatever yeah. your biggest problem is that's your biggest problem wow that's cool um Chuck, how many how many questions can you squeeze into this all right you know what Try it. Here's, go here's the deal i'm gonna we're gonna go philosophical less olin hausa olin hausa says um do you think there can be or ever has been something that can can unite humans so effectively as war? What a profound Ooh. question. Mars mission. Ooh, Ooh look at you yeah. with the Mars mission. Ooh. Landing a human Mars mission. Everybody's going to tune into that, right? Mm. Don't you think? Mm. I don't know. Mm. Well, so, I, so I, let me agree and Go add ahead. to that. So I've thought a lot about things that unite humanity. Okay. So one of them is war, which is the largest organized unification of humans that we experience. Nothing mobilizes us like a good war. Exactly. And what odd thing is that it mobilizes us against one another, but right. it's nonetheless mobilizing. Another one is the Olympics. True. And another is the World Cup. Which, by the way, is a metaphor for war. <laughs> yes, it is, actually. And so, too, is the World Cup. Exactly. Uh, except you don't end up dead at the end of it. <laughs> right. So, the World Cup, the Olympics, and the International Space Station. Okay. When you look at the cost of the International Space Station and the number of countries involved, it is the greatest collaboration of nations outside of the waging of war. Mm, really? You look at just the total yeah. investment that has gone in it, basically $3 billion a year plus. So, yeah, yes. So I agree landing on Mars could do that if it's done as a, as as a, a global national yeah, I mean, consortium. Exactly. As it's done, Which as it's it would be, wouldn't it? I mean, don't you think? It can be, but I don't have enough confidence yeah. in the human species to think yeah. that we wouldn't do it out of competitive yeah, urges like rather than moon, cooperative yeah. urges. So you're saying that mm. if we make it a reality show competition between countries, we're more apt to go to Mars than if we were just to wait for us to finally My come together. My feeling is that your urge to be innovative is greater stimulated when you're in competition than when you're in cooperation. That's my feeling here. Okay. Mm -hmm. As capitalism at its best reveals where right, you right. want to, you want, I want your money. I don't want you to give your money to the other person. So now that competition drives me to be better than there the is. other guy. There it is. Gotcha. There it is. I think we're out of time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, let me just, so, 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 so Mary, yeah. let me, let me, let me break ranks here and pull away from Chuck's questions. Okay. Is there one other thing you want us to know about your book? 
before we before we end and Star Talk today. Oh, gee, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a dark topic, but it's an interesting, quirky, fun read. I don't want people to get. I mean, it, it's a, you mean war is serious, but they're the people people in the military have a good sense of humor, and it's you have to. I think you know, yeah, you have yeah. to. Anytime there's death involved and life and death and all that, so it's so it's um. It's fun. It's a fun. And you, you interviewed you interviewed servicemen. I was I was on a nuclear sub. I was in uh, Camp Lemony. They let you in. It took me a year and a half to get on. Yeah, that. I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. they did. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Actually, it was cool. Yeah, it was cool. So so I was all over the place, and uh, it's it's just it's it's an interesting. It's a foreign culture, and uh, like any foreign culture, it's just a really interesting place uh, uh, to go and to learn about. So. Cool. Mary, thanks again for being on thanks. Star Talk. Thank you. And, and so we'll just, I want to be on your on your tour list every single time. Oh, you bet. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We'll never get I want to be like the only show that had every one of their damn books. <laughs> right here. We get them You're all. Six for six, so. <laughs> well, we got to close out this part of the show. Uh, when Star Talk returns, Chuck Nice and Bill Nye take over the studio for a segment of maker-themed cosmic queries. Yes. Brought to you by Google. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are in France. Which means Tubi is more popular than cigarettes for breakfast. It's more popular than considering iced coffee a total abomination. More popular than loving political revolutions. More popular than mer and mer somehow being different words. Tubi, it's more popular than being French. See you in there. Do you want to set up your child for success? Of course you do. Maybe you want to save money on private tutoring. Or maybe it's just out of your budget altogether. Is this a big school year for your child? Like maybe they're starting kindergarten, middle school, or high school, or some other milestone. Maybe your family moved and they're starting at a new school. Is your child ahead? Not getting challenged enough in class? Well, we love that little smarty, but we want them to be engaged. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. There's one site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Kids can use it at home on the computer or on the go through the app on your phone or your tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything itself. And no more trying to figure out how to explain math equations or grammar rules yourself. IXL has built-in explanation videos. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And Star Talk Radio listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash StarTalk. Visit IXL.com slash StarTalk to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. 
Welcome back. Here's more of Star Talk. This is from at Mrs. Doodle Journey on Instagram. At Mrs. Doodle Journey. At Mrs. Doodle Journey. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what is the best way to make a portable greenhouse? So I suppose she's looking at this. If I were no, 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 this weekend. Really? Yes, with clear plastic inflatable dome. That's what I do. That's it. That's all you really need. That's what I, that's what I do. People play tennis under inflatable domes. People make inflatable domes for their backyard for fun. Right. Held up by a fan. Right. So you could, I could easily imagine a clear plastic dome. You carry it in essentially a backpack or a, a shopping cart or a hand truck. Right. And you show up at wherever you want inflatable dome zone <laughs> and turn the bad boy on. And the fan to hold the thing inflated will run off a solar panel connected to a battery that would keep the thing inflated all, all night. night. I did that without even just from the hip. I'm going to tell you that was impressive. And then in space, it seems like it would be just the same thing with yeah. a lower pressure inflatable dome and plants do seem to grow. Okay. In space, you know, that's a little game they play up there. Right. So as long as you have the right soil, or the right, or the right uh, uh, hydroponic medium. Right. Can I say medium? I like that. Here on the radio, medium. I like hydroponic even better. Yes. Uh, and then uh, then you can grow stuff, I guess, portably. Awesome. But still, so far, you still need light, a source of light and water and yes. hydroponic well, That's why they have lamps and closets. I'm sorry. I'm thinking. Uh, I can't hear you. Really different. Don't know what you're Where talking about. Yeah. But you know, uh, changing the subject to... Uh, what used to be illegal manuf or illegal agriculture at home. Yeah. Looks like that's all going to be legal soon enough. Well, it should be. Let's be honest. I just, can I ask as a fellow citizen? Yes. I don't want to breathe a secondhand smoke from the legalized and properly taxed marijuana sales. You do not want to breathe the second. I do not want to breathe the secondhand smoke. Well, that's why they'll have coffee houses where okay. you will, okay. can go in designated areas for okay, people good. who grown an inflatable greenhouse. Exactly. Maybe in an inclement place, say you're in Norway or something in the wintertime and you just got to have your inflatable greenhouse for whatever. Mm-hmm. You could do that. Or your coffee house. Uh, just, uh, enjoyment. Enjoyment, right. But just don't make me breathe this. I just never like the smell, if I may whine. It's never like the smell. <laughs> and you worked in nightclubs for a hundred years. Yes. Everything well, smelled like smoke. Well, Everything. Not, not, well, that was one of the great things about moving here to New York City was shortly after I moved here. Uh, when was this? Uh, 1999, mm -hmm. exactly. But shortly thereafter, uh, the mayor said, Chuck. no more smoking in, the, in anywhere. We're going to get rid of smoking. And In interior spaces. No interior spaces. And everyone lost their mind. Thought but the I, place was going to go out of business. It was going to go out of business. Got it. And especially the, the, restaurants. Know, the restaurants and more importantly, the comedy clubs. Because they're like, what are you talking about? That's like, all we do that's here. All we do a, here is smoke and drink. That's all that happens here. Two and so occasional laugh is told. And, and Right. And we don't even care about that as long no. as people are smoking and drinking. And sure but enough. What happened is. The, more people came. And uh, they spent more money. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to at Jennifer. Mm, you know Jennifer. It's a long last name. Oh Jennifer. my, mm. Jennifer. Melcade. Mm. Uh, Melcade. Melcade. Anyway, Jennifer. Jennifer. Exactly. Coming to us from Instagram. Now, this is somewhat of an existential question. Like, dude. And uh, so you're gonna have to kind of really just branch yourself for All a right. bit. Hey, Bill. 
What's next after 3D printing? <laughs> I, Jennifer, I don't know. I don't know, but I think additive manufacture of all sorts is in the future for sure. You know, you can you can design shapes you can make additively or 3D printing that you can't make through conventional machining. So, what's after that? I guess molecular scale. 3D printing, oh, atomic see, scale. Look at you. You had it in you. Yes, atomic scale, atomic 3D, scale 3D printing. 3D individual atoms placed on, let's say, substrates of circuit of uh, exotic new future circuits. Wow. Extremely compact. Hustling against Moore's law, you know, where um, every 10 years we double the amount of memory in a given volume. Right. Yes. That's the future, Jennifer. I've answered it succinctly. And you can take that to the bank, Jennifer. No, it seems reasonable. <laughs> no, it does seem reasonable. Seems reasonable. All right, so now, okay, so this is this these names. Oh. Uh, all right, so go ahead. All right, so this person, I'm going to call you Yoy, okay? I'm Yoy, that's pretty cool, actually. Yoy, all right? Hey, Bill. I what? think you mean yo. Or yo. Yo. You can stop right yo, there. Yeah, you? yo, Bill. Yeah. Yo. And it says, hey, Bill, what are the limits of 3D printing? Don't cop out and say the human mind, Mr. Science Guy. Do we know yet what we cannot do or could never do with 3D printing? Well, I think of something big. What's a big thing? Uh, Empire State Building. Empire State. I don't see why you couldn't 3D print it. <laughs> no, and imagine the printer. Be, how big does hang, the Oh no, 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 the printer could go around. Well, not just that. The printer could go around uh the foundation in a big spiral. Oh, you and know it's going up to the sky indefinitely as somebody as long as somebody fed it spiral 3D printing fluid. You know what? Now that you say that, there are these window cleaning uh Autobots. That mm -hmm. they use, I forget the building in Australia. To clean windows. Yes. but uh, Robotically. But, uh, robotically. And uh, that's how they work. They just go around the building all day In a spiral, long, yeah. A Why spiral, not? And What's they not to love? So, so, I mean, you can, in other words, think of it where the printer doesn't have to be bigger than the object being printed. Let's go with that insight. Right. You follow me? Right. I got you. Got you. Squirting so, like a spider web is bigger than a spider. Exactly. Much like the Empire State Building is bigger than a human. Exactly. By some, by a, some fraction. Oh my God. And humans were showed up there and built the freaking thing. See, so, hey, yo, here's the problem. You think too small. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, no, he or she is a, view, is a listener and viewer. We no. love you. No, we do love you. You're not. Uh, that's a really good point, though. It's a spider web is much bigger than a spider. Yes. And it's because you're building out. And so this well, would be building The spider around. provides the protein, the raw material, and then also the design and construction. It's very cool. That, think that, big. Think big. It doesn't have to be a spiral. That was Uncle Bill just kind of jamming. Mm-hmm. All right, here we go. Uh, Swanson Dinner. <laughs> Swanson Dinner Swanson wants to Dinner, know this. Our good friend. Our uh, good friend Swanson Dinner, Swanee, uh, says 3D printing seems like a great way to pave the road for human colonizations. Of pave the road, get it? Solar system. Well, that's it. That's what we want to do is have 3D printers on board spacecraft that would make everything an astronaut needs when he or she needs it rather than packing all this stuff. Right. And I'm sure, I think you'll want a substantial number of rolls of duct tape, <laughs> but also you'd have a machine that would print all the tools you might need. Should anything go wrong, you make the tool to fix that thing. Otherwise, you don't take the tool. Instead, you take computer pro programs, computer files, full of what of the files to make the tools. 
Thanks for listening to Star Talk Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Many thanks to our comedian, our guest, our experts, and I've been your host, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Until next time, I bid you to keep looking up. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.